Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. Today I have a special guest with me, James Cridland. He's the editor of Pod News, a daily podcast newsletter. And you've written and spoken a lot on radio and podcasting. You've done copywriting and all that. And so, James Cridland, thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Thank you so much for asking. And you also have a great accent for podcasting. Let me just say, I think you're the first. <laughs> well, you're you're originally from the UK. You're now living in Australia. So which is your accent? Is it UK or is it Australian? It's most definitely a UK accent. I've had 50 years of doing a UK accent. I can't possibly change now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And because you're currently in Australia, we are podcasting across time. You are living in the future. It's 7 a.m. for me. And what time is it for you? Yeah, and it's 9 p.m. for me. So, yes. So it's been, a, it's been a long day right. that you still have to experience. Does it, <laughs> did anything earth-shattering happen today that I uh, need to look forward to or look uh, out for? Not really. No, not really. Okay, we're, okay. We're, we're, currently, we're, we're currently in lockdown again. So, um, oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, I know. So therefore, frankly, there's been very little going on, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. I thought Australia was doing like really well with the whole pandemic a number of months ago, and we're kind of showing how everything was opening back up again. Well, we've we've been doing pretty well in terms of not allowing anybody else in. It's almost as if it's a some kind of a prison colony. I don't know. But anyway, mm. um, so we've been doing pretty well in terms of that. Just over the last week or so, there's been a spate of uh, cases. So there's Two cases in the entire uh, in the entire state of uh, Queensland, I think. Maybe there are three now. The whole three of those uh, cases means that um, much of the state is is in complete lockdown, and we're not not allowed to go anywhere, do anything. Only for you know maybe three days, maybe five days. So it's going to come. It's going to come. Uh, okay. You know, uh, it's, it's going to come okay. But that's the first lockdown that we've had since uh, April, I think. So. So just three cases. Cases and the country is like everybody stay home. Yeah, and so three cases in the state stays home. So you know, right, it's right. a big deal. We've we've basically had very few cases, very few deaths, thankfully. But that has come at, with the downside of the borders just simply not being open. So if you're right, Australian right. and you're wanting to come home, it's really hard. And if you're you know a Brit and you're wanting to go home every so often, then it's impossible. Also, so, yeah. Right. So still there we are. Well, we hope we hope that passes quickly for sure. I wanted to have a very meta podcast on the Apple Insider podcast today because it's going to be a podcast about podcasting because of all the stuff that's been in the news and Spotify and Facebook and we'll get all into that. But for you yourself, you've been in radio for a long time. What made you make the transition to get into podcasting and why are you so passionate about it that you would write about it, you know, all the time? <laughs> Every single day. Every day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've been involved in radio since the late 1980s, a long, long time. But I started being involved in what the future of audio was um, in the early 2000s. So I was looking after a website for uh, Virgin Radio in London which was Richard Branson's radio station. And one of the things that we were doing is we were the first radio station to stream online in Europe. We were the first radio station to do, you know, a bunch of really interesting things. And one of those was to um, have the first radio app in the world where you could uh, tune into us in glorious, mm. glorious nine, uh, nine kilobits a second uh, audio quality. <laughs> wow. mm -mm, feel the quality. Um, <laughs> but also... Uh, 
uh, that same year, which was 2005, we launched the first daily podcast from a radio station. So just to put that into context, that was um, January of 2005. Steve Jobs only put podcasting into the iPod in um, the middle of the year, in June. So it was very, very early times. So I've been, you know, sort of really involved in on-demand audio and podcasting ever since uh, then, really. That's awesome. So because you have this great experience, and I think you really have great foresight into what's coming, I want your thoughts on Spotify first. And so Spotify has been making the play, I would say the past two years, to really go with those exclusive shows. You got Joe Rogan, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, and they're announcing more and more exclusives seemingly every month. Mm. These exclusives are a little different than what Apple has now offered, and we'll get to that in a moment. Just to be clear, these exclusives are not things you have to pay for. They're just shows that you have to listen using Spotify's app. And so it is a platform lock-in play, not necessarily a subscription play, at least just yet. What are your overall thoughts about these kinds of exclusives going to Spotify? Yeah, I mean, you know, Spotify has a number of different plans here. Uh, Some of them are exclusive. So if you listen to Joe Rogan, the only way that you can get Joe Rogan is on the Spotify app. And that's all fine. And then you have things like Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen, where that show is available everywhere, including Apple. But there is a window. Um, where you can only get it exclusive in the uh, Spotify app. Mm. And then you also have Spotify. Um, they own uh, a couple of big podcast hosts, Anchor and Megaphone. And so therefore, they are also making a bunch of their shows available, you know, of course, across the internet, but paid for by Spotify with Spotify advertising in them. So there's a bunch of sort of different things that they're doing. It seems to be working very well for them. So if you have a look at human beings, people who listen to podcasts, then you can see that there's a good amount now who are using Spotify, possibly more people using Spotify to listen to podcasts than Apple. And that's a big deal. Now, that's not the case in terms of downloads, Mm. uh, because uh, people who use Apple podcasts um, tend to download quite a few different shows. But in terms of just, you know, human beings using Spotify, there's a bunch of people now who are consuming consuming all of their podcasts through uh, Spotify. And that, of course, is where Spotify wants to be, wants to go because that way Spotify can sell advertising to those people, right. can lock people into the platform where, of course, they can also get music if they pay for that as well. And so it's beneficial for them to keep people within the Spotify ecosystem. And their plan is to be the destination for audio. So I've been in podcasting for a while, back when you had to hard code your RSS feed and XML Mm. and upload a text file to a server. I think in the indie podcast world, especially a lot of us who have been in it in a long time, we loved it because it was an open venue. Like it was an open media. You know, you can use any app you want, even if you just want to download MP3 files to your computer. And podcasts were that. Podcasts by definition were Mm. MP3 or audio files served through an RSS feed that's publicly available on the internet. And some people now feel like these exclusive shows is not really a podcast anymore. This is something different. Do you feel like there's a distinction there? Are we losing something because of we've lost some openness with these shows? Well, I mean, I think the two sides of that 
conversation. I think one side of that conversation is very much focusing on what a podcast is and what we might think a podcast is from a technical point of view isn't necessarily what normal human beings think a podcast is. The most popular uh, platform to listen to podcasts in the US by, um, by quite a margin is a thing called YouTube. Now, YouTube is not a podcast app. It doesn't use RSS feeds. It doesn't use enclosures in MP3 or AAC format. Um, it doesn't use, you know, non-DRM'd, you know, downloadable uh, uh, stuff. It, it's a very right. different experience. But for audio first, that is what a lot of people are saying that they listen to podcasts on. Now, quite a lot of people will turn around and say, well, James, that's not a podcast. Well, that's fine. But if people are calling something a duck, it's probably a duck. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I kind of am guided by what normal human beings are saying on this. But to come back to your point around, you know, podcasting has always been uh, a very level playing field. Anybody can get involved. And that really hasn't changed. If you have an RSS feed and you have MP3 or AAC files, you can get that into Spotify. You can get that into Apple Music. You can get that into Amazon Music, into a bunch of these individual uh, apps. And you can still do that now. And in fact, I still um, write my own RSS feed and upload audio onto my own server, and it's available on Spotify and on Apple just as as, as well as everything else is. So you can still do that. Yeah. I think one of the difficulties, if you're getting involved into podcasting now, is that there are an awful lot of podcasts out there. So Apple has uh, broken the 2 million uh, mark recently. Wow. And in fact, if you have a look Overall, um, including the podcasts which are available only on Spotify and podcasts which are available in other platforms as well, then there are over 4 million RSS feeds with podcasts out there. That is an awful lot of content, <laughs> and it's therefore much harder to find a great show than if you were going to find This Week in Tech back in 2006. That was That's an crazy. awful lot easier than it is now. So, you know, clearly it is much harder to be a small creator. It really really helps if you're part of a large podcast network, if you've got, you know, iHeartRadio promoting you and all that kind of stuff, right. then that certainly helps. But it doesn't mean that you can't get involved if you're just, you know, one person by themselves. And I think, you know, the advent of free podcast hosts like Anchor, which Spotify owns, like Red Circle, uh, Launchpad, which is owned by uh, Podcast One and so on and so forth, those free podcast hosts are again leveling that that uh, playing field so that you don't even need a credit card to start being involved and get getting your uh, your show out there and that's a great thing yeah and i think for people wanting to get into podcast creation you're absolutely right you know the tools we have today make them much easier again 10 years ago 15 years ago it was difficult. Yeah. You had to learn how to XML and RSS. Mm. So I think as a creator, it's you have more tools and access to get to listeners. But as far as discoverability, like you were saying, and exclusivity, you know, Apple now has a podcast subscription service and there are certain shows either paid for exclusive content or what have you that you could only use or listen in the Apple podcast app. Then Spotify has their exclusives. Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime is now making their play for their exclusives. For the typical listener or user, not someone creating podcasts, but just one who wants to listen to shows that they would enjoy, do you think that this kind of fracturing of 
podcast, meaning you have to go to this app for this one and this app for this one, is that going to make it a worse experience for the average listener? I don't know about you, but I mean, I have you know four podcast apps on my phone, but most people do not. Mm. Most people are going to use one app to listen to podcasts. And if your show, your podcast, your exclusive subscription is not in that one, you're probably not going to reach that listener. So I guess I'm asking, is that fracturing of this podcast space, is that good for discoverability and for ease of listening to podcasts? Well, I think the answer is probably uh, both yes and no. Um, so it's bad for audiences if they have to be bullied into downloading specific apps to listen to specific shows, although we are quite used to that in the video world. We're quite used to shows only being available on Netflix or only being available on Hulu right. or on any of the other um, platforms there. So we're kind of used to this in the, in the world of video, but maybe not so much in the world of audio. So it's bad from that point of view. However, lo looking at it the other way round... It does mean that Spotify, for example, is much more likely to put serious money into promoting some of their shows. And I remember, you know, when I was in uh, Chicago this time a year and a half ago, uh, I was seeing, you know, ad banners um, all over all over town. Um, they're not called ad banners, are they? Those big things next to the bus stop. <laughs> billboards? Yes, billboards. Thank you. <laughs> yes. uh, it's been a long day. You know, I was seeing a bunch of those for or individual Spotify shows, you know, that uh, right. that uh, Spotify were really piling some cash into. Now, would they have done that as much if they were, you know, just pushing a show which you could get anywhere? I don't think so. So I think it's probably a good thing for getting the understanding of what a podcast is and mm. how to find individual shows and all of that. I think it's a good thing from that point of view. But yeah, you know, I think um, Adam Curry, for example, is very, very keen on not calling these things podcasts and calling them netcasts or something right. else instead, because he, he thinks that they don't qualify as being a podcast if they're not, you know, open anymore. Again, I'm not so sure about that, but I can see where he's coming from. And um, yeah. and I think that, you know, we need to be a little bit more clear when we're talking about exclusive podcasts, right. you know, spotty casts, um, Am Amazon, <laughs> you know, casts and yeah. so on and so forth. I think we, we just need to be careful there. <laughs> yeah, I think Leo Laporte really tried to make the netcast thing catch on too and i don't think it has i think we're we're with podcast now for the long haul yes he did no he did, he was doing that for a long yes. long time and um but i think he had a very good point which was that the word podcast because it contains a bit of uh, a bit of the ipod in it i mean firstly oh, yeah. very out of date um, because who listens to a podcast on an iPod anymore? Right. But also, secondly, he was worried that Apple might go away and trademark that particular name. And I know that Apple have been quite um, cautious around people who have used the pod portmanteau um, way of actually, you know, naming uh, things. Um, they haven't talked to me about pod news, but um, they, they, I, I do know that they've um, talked to a bunch of uh, folk. So I can well see that his, his plan there was to actually make sure that Netcast would be a trademark that could be used for all of 
netcasting. Right, right. And I can kind of see his point of view there. Weirdly enough, LG ended up um, uh, bagging that particular uh, trademark for something to do with fridges, I think. So who knows, who knows what's going on there? <laughs> wow. Anyway, anyway, it's That's available again if you want it. Yeah, very good. So Apple has long been kind of the silent curator. I don't know if curator would you call it, but you know they've had the iTunes podcast directory, which powered many, many podcast apps through the years. Yeah, It was the free directory. You could submit your show. There was no money changing hands. And they were kind of like the benevolent arbiter of like the podcast directory, basically, until recently. Mm. And so now they have paid subscription content. And you can offer exclusive or bonus content through Apple Podcasts directly. Curious, there's no Apple Podcasts app for Android yet, so there's a huge portion of listeners that mm. you couldn't reach with those subscriptions or exclusive content. But you can do that now on Apple, and they take the 30% cut from your subscribers, at least in the first year, 15% the second. Yes, at least right now they do, yeah. Right, right now. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that and Apple now offering those kind of paid subscriptions? Well, look, I mean, I think Apple have done... A, a, a couple of things this year. One of the things that they have done is is um, redesigned the way that you get podcasts into Apple Podcasts, and they've rebuilt the Apple Podcasts Connect, which was um, which was a dreadful, miserable failure, and everything broke, yeah. and people were, you know, I think what was frustrating to many podcasters was that. It was completely broken. Apple knew it was completely broken, and Apple never said anything. Mm. So as a result, if you were a podcast consultant and you were there saying, I'm sorry, I can't get you into Apple at the moment because Apple's broken, they would turn around and say, well, where's the where's the press? You're just making this up. You're just a useless consultant. Uh, yeah. And so you ended up, uh, you know, it ended up really hurting the industry. They also made a f uh, quite a few changes in terms of the way that podcasts were actually appearing in their app to the point where right. if you had a daily podcast it would take uh, sometimes three days to up uh, to update your right. your individual show so that was completely completely useless so from that point of view that was a pretty bad experience and a very apple experience of not saying anything at all not coming out and fessing up and saying we've messed up we're really sorry yeah. um, and that and that was and that was you know a bit sad but on the other side i think that the apple subscriptions stuff that they've been doing their paid subscription model has been really well thought out. They've done it in a very good way where you can subscribe to channels. So you can get a bunch of different shows. You can subscribe to individual shows if you want. You can um, pay in certain ways. You can get money off for buying a year in advance. You can do all of this kind of clever stuff. And they've done that in a really clever way and in a, uh, and in a way where they've obviously been talking to a bunch of different podcasters and come up with some really good uh, plans. So I think, yeah. I think what they've done there is really good and really smartly done. And I think what excites me is that that then opens up alternative 
business models in podcasting for pretty well the first time. No longer do I have to play a kid's podcast to my daughter that has advertising in there. Right. You know, I can actually just pay money and get rid of the advertising. That's a great thing. There are some people who are producing audio to meditate to. Um, there are some people who are producing, you know, different audio, which is... Um, which is just free from advertising, free from the, you know, having to please every every advertiser, um, you know, that, right. that, you, that, that is actually in there. So I think from that point of view, that really opens up Apple Podcasts to be a very creative place and a place where you will hear some really innovative ideas for content in the future. So I think Apple has done a fantastic job there. So as getting into podcasting has been made easier for creators with all the free tools out there now, if you want to monetize your podcast through these kinds of subscription services and things like that, I know at least for me, it now feels like the work to produce an episode is exponentially increasing. For instance, to offer an ad-free version of the show, previously before Apple launched this, I would do it to Patreon because that was the platform that, mm. you know, Everybody knows Patreon. Hmm. And so I would do that. And now there's kind of a whole third step. You know, I have my free public episode. I have published that to our host. And then I have the Patreon episode, which is an MP3. And I do that ad-free, edit that. But now I also have to do it in Apple, which Apple only accepts WAVE or FLAC files. So yeah. I have to export <laughs> a third file there. And because their show notes have been broken as far as their HTML links, and they haven't really said anything about that publicly, but we all know it's broken. You can't yeah. click links in a podcast. Like so now I have to do that whole third thing. Well do we do we know it do we know it's broken or or, or is that just the way that it it'll always work in the future? I well no uh, I have we don't even know that but uh. <laughs> supposedly the uh, when Apple Podcast subscriptions were just launching uh, someone from Apple reached out to me to get like artwork together for our channel for Apple Insider. Mm. And I did ask them directly, you know, is this something that's going to be fixed? And they did say like, yes, it will be fixed soon. Mm. So mm. I don't think it will last this way forever. I really hope yeah. not. Because again, <laughs> then you have to have two versions of your show notes yeah. too no, to do that. Indeed. And so if I want to offer a Spotify subscription, that would be a fourth thing. Do you think that this is sustainable for podcast creators to have to offer subscriptions everywhere so you can reach those listeners who would pay for your show or do you think podcasters are just going to choose a platform stick to it and just say if you want it you have to listen to it here there's probably two things there. I think one thing is that um, Apple have been very clever in terms of their pricing so it does mean that you can offer your show somewhere else as long as they are price parity yeah. um, then you can offer a show on you know Spotify as well as on Apple as well as on uh, Patreon. And again, I think that that's a bright plan. I think one of the weird things about podcasting in the whole Apple world is that Apple has never really been one for APIs, mm -hmm. has never been one for, you know, any access into any of the Apple uh, ecosystem. Right. And what that essentially means, therefore, is that um, there's no APIs into uploading a special version of your show f directly from your audio editor or directly from Descript or whatever it is that you end up using. And so there's a lot of manual steps here, yeah. and that's a bit a bit frustrating. There are also manual steps, of course, in actually going into the Apple Podcasts Connect and grabbing the data um, about 
who's listening and and you know how many people you have and all of this kind of uh, stuff because there's no APIs into that either. Right. And that is, I think, a a bit of a frustration. I'm sure that um, well, I'd like to think that it would get fixed, you know, eventually. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that that's something that Apple uh, are still working on. Is it getting harder? Yeah, absolutely it is. And I think it's certainly getting harder if you end up offering, you know, special additional versions of shows, um, you know, ad-free versions. What you could do in terms of ad-free, incidentally, is you could use dynamic ad insertion. Mm. uh, And then you're essentially making an ad-free show upload that one to apple and just um and and then upload exactly the same show with the with the ad points to your normal podcast host and then hey presto you've theoretically done no extra work but it's still mm. it's still a little bit of extra sort of fiddling around sure sure so yeah i mean i think i think some of the tools will you know clearly take a little bit of time to get there i mean if you edit your audio with um Descript as one example, then that has inbuilt APIs for quite a lot of the podcast hosts. So you can press one button and it just uploads. Right. The same for Hindenburg Journalist Pro, which is the audio editor I use. So, you know, so those do exist, but not yet for the Apple Podcasts premium uh, host. Right. And that's something that, you know, clearly needs to be done. I mean, I would, I would probably step back a little bit and just say, I wonder, I've not read all of the terms and conditions, but I do wonder whether you can offer a a subscription version of your podcast, which is actually exactly the same, but it's the version of your podcast where you want to allow your audience to help pay for it. And so if you like to, you can, you know, a little bit like shareware, you know, if you like to, you can pay, hmm. you can pay five, five bucks a month, and that will be a lovely thing. You know, the, the rules around using Patreon are you don't need to give people extra things if you don't want to. Right. And so it, it may well be that you can actually, you know, get away without, uh, without uh, doing that if you feel that that's right for your audience, if your audience are comfortable enough, um, then, you know, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's an interesting way. And that's, of course, the plan if you watch a patreon supported youtube uh, show right. then you know quite a lot of the times you end up just um you know seeing people um you know with uh, their names up in lights at the end of a show and you think well that's well that's <laughs> right. all that all that people are interested in that is one of the things that you can't do with the apple podcast subscriptions is say support the show but there are no bonus mm. there's no bonus content or exclusive content like you said with patreon you could do that mm. with apple podcasts when i first set up our subscription for apple insider i tried putting two benefits one being ad free episodes which i had a couple waves loaded and early access but because we were in the middle of publishing episodes i didn't have one set for early access and so apple denied yeah, the yeah, yeah. subscription i wasn't able to put the subscription oh, through okay. and i had to change yeah. it i had to take out that early access benefit because in the apple podcast dashboard you can choose the benefits from a drop down mm. and so they wanted to really make sure that you had audio already loaded in podcast connect that matched the benefit you were offering. And mm, mm. again, unlike Patreon, you don't have access to your listeners as far as if you want to send them a message, if you want to send them merch or offer other benefits that are not audio related, you just don't have that option in, in Apple Podcasts. And mm. that's something, I don't know if they're going to offer that in the future because they are very big on privacy and don't want, they don't want to give you all these email addresses, you know, no. all these iCloud accounts from the thing. So again, that's something that 
I don't know. We just we'll have to see if they'll actually have some kind of mechanism to do that. But before we go too long, I wanted to get your thoughts on this now new wave of live audio, namely Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, and now even Facebook has gotten in on the game with live audio rooms. And this is, you know, we've had live stream video for a long time. Yeah. And we've had live stream audio. It's just not been very prevalent. And so now we have live audio and it's kind of the new hot thing as far as, you know, the exciting medium. What do you think about this? Is this something that you think is going to last a long time? Is this kind of like here to stay? I think in some respects it's here to stay. In quite a lot of respects, I think it was born out of the pandemic and Clubhouse did a very clever job of, um, of yes. you know, signing up a number of influences. Now that those deals have all finished, Clubhouse is beginning to be quite quiet, uh, if, you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever been in there recently. I have not, which is why I'm asking this question. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, so, I mean, I think, I mean, I, I'm on record as saying that Clubhouse is mostly full of of the worst people from LinkedIn just with a microphone. Mm. Um, I'm going to get tweets. I'm going to get tweets for that one. I'm going to get tweets. Yeah, I think that's possibly slightly over the top. But I think, you know, what what I found interesting is Clubhouse has a certain vibe to it of, you know, people who think they are experts. And and to be fair, people who think they're experts more than people who are experts on that platform. Mm. Twitter Spaces seems to be much more of a friends platform where you have people who know each other in, I'm going to use the word meat space, sorry, um, but people who know each other in real life. Real life is a better that's, phrase. That's M-E-E-T, not M-E-A-T. I uh, well, I kind of actually meant M-E-A-T, but anyway, mm, yes. Okay, okay. Yes, actually, you know, <laughs> human beings. But anyway, um, uh, so, you know, Twitter has a very different vibe. Facebook's live rooms are, are, are only available to you folks in the US, so therefore um, right. the, the likes of us don't get to uh, play around with those. Also, by the way, podcasts on Facebook are only available in the US as well, which is a Whereas. mad, mad idea. But anyway, let's not go there. Um, the one that I've been particularly impressed at actually is uh, Spotify's version, which is Spotify Greenroom. Mm. And what Spotify have done, they have a few additional features in there that actually makes it a really good place to record podcasts. Mm. And one of those additional features is you can send messages to people. So you can uh, there's a sort of there's an ongoing chat which is actually really handy for knowing which questions you want to actually take from the audience but it it will also automatically record everything mm. and send you an AAC file after the event so that's really handy in terms of making a show yeah. so I've been quite impressed at the Spotify uh, version and also by the way it's available on Android phones as well as on iOS phones which Clubhouse wasn't for a long long time right um, so the 80 percent of the world that don't use iOS could still actually play along you know so I'm I'm really interested in those I think um, quite a lot of them haven't yet had the the correct tools to allow you to produce something that's good mm. but I think that uh, Spotify is beginning to get there and my suspicion is because Spotify has so much access to big stars particularly in the music world my suspicion is that we will see a bunch more you know integration between Spotify's music product and their um, social audio uh, service they announced uh, a couple of weeks ago a sports podcast which is going to be produced on Spotify Green room. So after every um, particular sports ball game, 
Um, you'll have uh, a sports commentator coming on and, you know, taking questions and, you know, uh, after match reactions and all that kind of uh, stuff, which will then be turned into a, a podcast afterwards. So they're clearly using the tool to make shows, which is really interesting. So it'll be interesting seeing yeah. how that works. In terms of um, what it replaces, I don't think it replaces podcasts in particular. Uh, what I do think is that it has the capacity of replacing is conferences. Mm. And there are a bunch of a bunch of uh, conferences where there are some which are multi-day conferences which you want to go to because you'll bump into people in the corridors and everything else. But there are some shorter conferences that, frankly, you don't want to jump into an aeroplane and travel across, you know, half of, half of the country for. Sure. And so, if you can do those in a in an experience like a Twitter space or a or a, or a clubhouse room um and maybe even charge for them then that seems to be quite a an interesting plan for conferences but maybe not for podcasting right. and that sort of thing. Well, let's look towards the future and what we think that might hold. So podcasting again in the past has been largely small creator medium individuals or you know I think Twit was probably the largest network for a long time but now we have Huge companies, you, know, you have Gimlet, you have uh, Wondery, you have you know all these big names, and mm. Amazon, Spotify producing their own first-party content. Do you think that there will be room in the future for the small individual creators or small networks as these large companies are kind of taking, not taking over, but really taking a lot of the airwave space or like the mind space of the casual podcast listener? I mean, I think that um, what we're certainly seeing is a lot of vertical consolidation. What do I mean by that? I mean, companies who are buying a hosting company. So Amazon, for example, last week bought R19. Um, Amazon uh, also owns uh, Wondery. Uh, Amazon have just bought another podcast um, called Smartless for 80 million US dollars for a podcast. And what they get for that is they get a week's whole, a whole week's exclusive. Wow, brilliant. <laughs> but anyway, so there's clearly an awful lot of money going on in, in terms of that. That essentially is how all of the big media companies are working. So Sirius XM owns some ad tech, owns a podcast host, owns a bunch of people making shows. The same goes for iHeartRadio. The same goes for Odyssey, used to be called Entercom, another broadcaster. So we're seeing a bunch of that going on. My suspicion there is that we um, that uh, the void that that's left of not having large independent producers is probably a good thing because that essentially means that we will have far more smaller independent production houses mm. who are making niche content. And that's what podcasting is. It's very different to broadcast. Broadcast is let's reach as many people as we possibly can. Stephen Colbert will sign him, will sign, you know, right. whoever it is. When you're looking at podcasting, it's a much more niche experience. And so therefore, niche content works really, really well. You couldn't necessarily have an awful lot of broadcast TV about the new M1 chip, mm. but you could certainly have an awful lot of podcasts, as I'm sure that you have, yes. around that uh, sort of thing. One of the things I, I'm particularly excited about is seeing the rise of audio fiction. Mm. And the good old days maybe of the 60s um, and the 50s when you had drama on the radio and people uh, people used to sit around the radio and listen to, you know, Lone Ranger or whatever it was. It's that sort of thing which is happening now. I think Cadence 13 is calling it 
um, movies for the ears. Hmm. And I, I just love that phrase. Cool. So we're seeing a bunch of that sort of content happening from smaller independent, you know, folks who are making independent shows. And I think that, that, right. that's quite that, that's quite an exciting time. And what we're also seeing is we're, we're seeing, you know, a bunch of individual podcast hosts who are there to help smaller podcasters get in yeah i'm an advisor for one called captivate which is very good based in the uk but there's also you know everywhere from anchor which is specifically built for tiny podcasters to uh, libsyn transistor simplecast there are all of these individual uh, individual um you know hosts yeah. what i think is interesting is we're seeing more of those yes being owned by large media companies but that means that they can spot you and as you do an amazing podcast that is beginning to trend and beginning to really take off, they can jump in and say, would you like us to help with your ad sales? Right. Would you like us to help with a bit of your promotion and so on and so forth? So actually, that may help get more interesting uh, voices and interesting content uh, into the podcasting world. Yeah, that's great. Well, do you think podcasting is here to stay and is there anything you haven't mentioned that you think the future holds for the podcasting industry? The other big uh, thing that we will see is historically, as you were saying earlier, Apple has been basically in charge of podcasting. Mm. I think quite a lot of people have been calling them a benign dictator. Right. They've basically been making the rules because nobody else was, um, but they've also not had their foot on the gas. I think what we're seeing now, now that podcasting is actually be beginning to earn Apple some money, right. I think that we'll see a big change in terms of that and a big change in terms of how seriously they are taking it. But they also need to because they have lost the market share um, that they used to have, which was easily 70% of all downloads. That, I calculate, is down to about 40% now. Spotify is around 30%. And mm. there are a astonishing amount of podcasts now who are launching, putting their show onto Spotify and not caring about Apple because it's too difficult and too complicated. Wow. And I think one of the things, I know, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. I was talking to the folks at Buzzsprout and... They shared some data with me about how many of their new shows are on Spotify and how many are on are on uh, Apple, and they just uh, and and there are way more on uh, Spotify. And the reason for that is, you know, the hassles of signing up for an Apple ID if you don't have one of those, of you know, right. doing the terms and conditions which you have to have an Apple device for somehow, and all of this kind of uh, stuff. People just uh, you know can't be bothered. So my suspicion is that we will see that we will see one of two things happen. Either Apple will get overtaken by uh, Spotify, and that will be um, such a loss, I think. Mm. Or we will see Apple suddenly realizing, "Wow, we need to we need to kick everything up a gear here." And you know, Apple beginning to spend proper money on podcast training, which uh, Spotify have been doing for a while, which Acast have been doing for a while. Um, you know, Apple jumping into that particular space and you know doing what they can to regain some of the loss. Um, market share. Yeah. And if they do that, well, wow, won't that be exciting? Because all of a sudden, we know that great competition means that there is that there's great innovation and there's great movement in, the, in this space. And that's perhaps something that we haven't had over the last five or 10 years. Yeah. All right. My last question. 
What app do you use to listen to your podcasts? Well, I have, uh, I mean, that's a bad thing to ask an editor of a podcast newsletter because obviously <laughs> I've got 400 million. Sure, sure. I use a Google Pixel. Other phones are available, it turns out. And so therefore, uh-huh. um, for a while, I was using uh, the Google Podcasts app, which is, uh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I really use Pocket Casts, which is a great app. It yes. came out originally on, um, on um, uh, Android and uh, it's very good, comes from Australia. Yes. Uh, and is a very good thing. Um, on my iPod Touch, which I have, earlier I was saying that nobody listens to podcasts on their iPod. <laughs> I, I do because I have an iPod Touch so that I can, um, yes. uh, you know, stick my little toe into the world of iOS every now and again. <laughs> and so that mostly is running Overcast, which is a great, great podcast app. Yes. The one that I would recommend, which isn't necessarily a podcast app, it's a bit more than that, is a thing called Hark. Hmm. Um, I interviewed the CEO of it about a week or so ago. And one of the things it's got in there is, yes, it's got all of the podcasts and you can have a listen to all the podcasts and that's great. But what it's also got in there is um, playlists or as they call them, Hark lists. And a Hark list is essentially a radio presenter Um, guiding you through a bunch of different shows that are about, I don't know, they might be about um, uh, the anniversary of the end of slavery, or they might be about the coronavirus, or they might be about whatever they are. And you have this trusted guide who is taking you through individual clips of these individual shows. And it's a great way of finding new podcasts. And I think, you know, that's, that's the sort of innovation that I'm quite excited by. And by the way, the innovation that things like paid subscriptions and indeed Apple's affiliate scheme, which they also have as well, should actually unlock for uh, more folks. So um, I would I would certainly re- recommend giving apps like Hark or Good Pods a try because that's a great way of finding great new shows that you might want to have a listen to. I had never heard of Hark and I'm on their website right now and this looks beautiful first of all and so I'm going to be Signing up to be a creator on here, for sure. That's awesome. Mm. And I will say, my 12-year-old son, we have not gotten him an iPhone yet. And so he, too, uses an iPod Touch to listen to podcasts. And so there you go. You're, you're not the only one left in the world. <laughs> there are other iPod users as well. Yeah, it's a very cheap way of um, being able to try the very latest and greatest on uh, on uh, iOS. <laughs> I do a bunch of, uh, of, of uh, testing. I have a podcast called PodClock. Mm. which you'll find, which uh, um, I, I launched it on April 1st and I called it a, um, a podcast about time. It is literally a podcast about time. When you play the podcast, it tells you what time it is. But the point <laughs> of all of that is to do a bunch of testing around ind- individual apps and everything else. And obviously being able to test on the very latest version of iOS and even the the upcoming betas has been really, really helpful. So um, long may the iPod Touch continue to exist as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I hope so. Well, James Cridlin, thanks so much for joining us on Apple Insider. Listeners, of course, can read your work and listen to you at podnews.net. Is there anywhere else you would like to point people to to discover your content? Yeah, and if you've got a, a Siri speaker, then firstly, I am sorry. But secondly, you'll find <laughs> pod news on there in the news briefings, as you will, of course, on uh, Google speakers and on Amazon as well. Very cool. Well, James, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. <laughs>